The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. the Lord. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Who's happy to be here? Yes, praise the Lord. Well, first of all, let me say thank you. Thanks to all of you. Uh, Man, what a special uh, time. I don't know how I feel about birthdays anymore uh, because, you know, now I can feel, I can feel, I feel old. I feel, I feel, ooh, man, Lord Jesus, help a brother out, amen. And uh, but we want to honor the the Faith Hill Worship Collective, man. So so the song we we dance to is is gonna be on the next album, and also the last song we sang, right? Beautiful Savior, is gonna be on the next album. And it's a beautiful song, amen. And uh, these are songs that they've been writing. And uh, you may wonder, who, who's doing all the writing? I'm going to ask them to stand so you, you can just see who was, who was on that songwriting session. Beautiful Savior. Do you want to stand? Just stand wherever you are, everybody. Just stand. Just turn around. Just turn around and see. So these are the guys that... that uh, I saw Pastor H somewhere. He was, he was there writing as well. Oh, there he is. Eli. Where's Zane? Zane, Zane is outside somewhere. Oh, there he is. Oh, he was MIA. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you so much. Hey, this is just the beginning. Amen. This is just the beginning. And man, these songs, what a blessing. Praise God. And so we started a series uh, about four weeks ago talking about every prayer answered. How many? Every. This is God's will for all of us. It is to answer every single one of our prayers. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. And so we want to we wanna, we wanna really continue in that same breath. Uh, we looked at uh, what prayer is and what prayer is not. We discovered that prayer is not just presenting our grocery list before God. Uh, prayer is more than that. Prayer is fellowship and relationship with our Heavenly Father. Amen. And we also discovered uh, with that that God uh, wants us to approach Him in different kinds of ways and that there are different kinds of prayer uh, that we can pray. And uh, if you read in Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 18, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so he says here, the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, he he, he encourages them. He says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And I know, you know, uh, uh, with us, the Charismatics, right? Um, Or the Charismatics, the Charismatics. You know, we like to, um, when we say pray in the Spirit, 
it, you know, we're talking about praying in tongues, right? But how many of you know that every prayer you pray must be prayed in the Spirit? None of the prayers should be prayed in the flesh. Amen? All of the prayers must be prayed in the Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit uh, to pray. And we must pray uh, on all occasions uh, with all the different kinds of prayers. And so these, uh, our God is a God of variety, and He wants us to approach Him uh, like so. So he, he has given us all these different kinds of prayers, all these different avenues and ways that we can fellowship with Him and just, you know... Uh, connect uh, with him and all these different kinds of prayers are outlined in scripture at least the ones that I could see they are not that's not all there is to it but the ones I could see are the ones that I'll you know share with you and the first one we talked about last week was the prayer of petition or the prayer of asking and how you can be successful in that and so two weeks ago and so if you're not here please visit the website so you can catch up today we are moving in the same breath and we're talking about another kind of prayer and and uh, for us to do that, let's quickly go to Psalm chapter number 5, verse 1. Psalms 5, verse 1. Psalms 5, verse 1. And this is what it says. It says, Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. And so the, you know, uh, um, uh, kind of prayer that we see in this verse is the prayer of meditation. Meditation is a prayer. Amen. And so what typically happens, last week we talked about the prayer of petition, which is the prayer of asking, right? What typically happens is that people get into the closet and they ask God for something, but in their mind, they think it does not matter what they do afterwards. And so they go, uh, they go into the closet, ask God for something, and God gives it to them. He answers their prayer spiritually. And when they go out, they allow their minds to run wild all over the place, sometimes venturing into places of unbelief, and they think that that does not have an impact on what they prayed. And so I came to tell you uh, this morning that what you do after you ask is as equally important as your asking. What you do after your prayer of petition is as equally important as the prayer that you prayed uh, during your time uh, with the Lord. Amen? And one of those things that we get to do is we get to uh, partake uh, in what is called meditation. And so this is why... You know, uh, David writing this psalm, he says, consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my king, my God, for unto thee will I pray. So two things we see here is that our meditation is screaming out loud about what we really think about the issue. And so this is why we should meditate on God's word and not the problem. Can I get an Amen. And so meditation is a form of prayer that carries within it the power to transform the person. Meditation, the person of meditation, that's you, and the object of meditation literally becomes one regardless of the source of the object of meditation. If you start to worry and meditate, that's what worry is, if you start to meditate about your problems, you literally become the problem. When you start to meditate on prosperity, you literally become prosperity. 
When you start to meditate on healing, you literally become healing. Why? Because the object of meditation and the person of med meditation literally become one in the place of meditation. You are what you think. This is why scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. When you start to think it at a heart level, it's already too late. You are already it. Can I get an amen? amen? And so this is why we should consider our meditations. Romans chapter number 12 verse 2, uh, the apostle Paul says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And so the Apostle Paul tells us two things there. The first thing he says, don't conform to the world, to the world system. Don't think like the world thinks. And then he tells us we should be transformed. How do we do it? By the renewing of our mind. And the word transformation there, you know, the analogy that they use is of a, you know, caterpillar transforming into a butterfly. You remember? You know, the caterpillar is crawling in the dirt. It's, it's slow. It's a slow creature just eating in the dirt. And, I mean, it's leaving the law down life. But after the process of transformation has finished taking its effect, it's, it looks different. It's a beautiful, colorful butterfly. In fact, they say the, 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 the caterpillar is, uh, possesses chemicals uh, that are blinding. They can cause you to be blind. But after the full uh, uh, transformation effect has taken effect, uh, the caterpillar has uh, an eyesight, ultra vision, that sees 1,500 better than that of a human. From blindness to seeing through the power of transformation. And God is saying it's available for all of his children. Your life can be transformed to a point where people will look at you and they'll see you colorful. <laughs> to where you start eating from flower petals, not from the dirt. Amen? To where people will look at you and say there is no way. I remember when I was a little kid, they tried to tell me the butterfly used to be a caterpillar. I thought they were lying. I said there is no way this thing, there is no similarities. And I'm telling you now, there is a transformation available for God's children that your new life, it won't have any traces of your past life. People will look at you and swear you never went through a divorce. Because this thing, this new thing you got going on, I'm not encouraging divorce, okay? But I'm just saying, those of you who have already gone through it, man, I'm telling you, God will work on you, give you this new thing. People will swear you never went through a divorce. You will merge those families. Oh, man, you let God work on it, he will bring a trans butterfly kind of transformation. People will swear you were never poor. Amen? Because your new life will have no traces of your past life. Someone shout hallelujah. Someone shout I received that kind of life. Amen? And so that life is available for us, but when the process takes place, there's something else that happens scientifically. The, the uh, caterpillar spins a cocoon. It goes into a cocoon. If you go into trees, you know, Mopani trees, you can see the cocoons on the trees all over the, the tree. It spins a cocoon, and sometimes it takes about six months just chilling out, doing nothing in a cocoon. And after six months, when it emerges from the cocoon, it emerges as a butterfly, a beautiful creature. And so that's what he's talking about here when he says meditation. Meditation is that spinning of the cocoon where you sit under God's word, Mary, and you're not running around trying to get things done, Martha. 
Amen. You sit under God's word and you allow it to take effect in your heart and it will bring forth fruit on the outside. Can I get an amen? amen. And, and, and I know this sermon is difficult to preach to a charismatic church because culturally we are taught to kosha, bind and loose, pick up some, do something in prayer. Hallelujah. And yes, this pastor telling you to chill out and just think through stuff. And so sometimes there's a disconnect because we want to bind and loose. Can I get an amen? Man, I'm with you. We want to bind and loose. But how many of you realize that the children of Israel uh, went around uh, the, the walls of Jericho six times for six days, quiet, and only shouted but for a moment? But their shout was coming from a deep place of meditation. Because God wants you to develop a root system before you shout it out. And when you shout it out, it carries much more power. And this is why he's calling his church to a place of meditation. Can I get an amen? amen. And so if you go to uh, Mark chapter number 4, right, uh, there's a story there Jesus shared. It's a parable of the different kinds of hearts. And he said there was the first heart, which was the wayside. And he said the second heart was the shallow ground, stony ground. And he said the other heart was the thorny ground that choked the word. All these three different hearts did not produce any fruit. The last one, which is the fertile ground, produced, you know, 30, 60, and 100 fold. And so, you know, a, a meditation, interesting enough, has the power to turn around a wayside heart, a stony heart, a thorny heart, to a fertile heart. It has that power. You know, if you read the first one, uh, you know, Jesus sharing, he said that the seed that fell on the wayside, right, the birds of the air came and uh, ate up the seed and there was no fruit there because the seed did not get an opportunity to go into the ground so it can germinate and bring uh, forth fruit. And if you read uh, Matthew's explanation of that scripture, he said, these are they who lack understanding. And so wayside is a lack of understanding. And meditation is the cure for all lack of understanding. When you meditate on God's word, you allow God's word to penetrate into your heart. Right? You allow it to do that, it will break out of the shell and light begins to shoot. This is why Psalm 119 verse 130 says, The entrance of his word brings light. When God's word enters, it will then begin to bring revelation and illumination and understanding. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> but how does it enter? It enters through being still. Psalms 46 verse 10 says, be still and know. Sometimes knowledge comes through stillness. Can I get an amen? amen. Be still and know that I am God, God says. And so when we meditate on that truth and we stay on the truth, <coughs> excuse me, soon enough, <clears throat> the truth will break out of the outer shell and light begins to come into our lives. <clears throat> Sorry. Let's go to Mark, chapter number 416. <clears throat> Mark, chapter number 4, 
16. <clears throat> this is what it says. It's talking about the stony ground now. It says, and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. So this is not a, you know, a terrible person who doesn't like the word of God and just reject it for what it is. But no, they receive it with gladness. But watch what happens. Verse 17. But they have no root in themselves, <clears throat> and so endure but for a time. And afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the sake of the word, immediately they are offended, and basically they give up on that word. And so what we see here is that there's someone who receives the word, and the Bible says when affliction and persecution come, you know, I want to say forget you know, uh, affliction and persecution. For some people, it's just when they, it takes an, an hour longer. It takes 30 minutes longer. Oh, they're going to get offended and they give up on that word. Amen? Amen. He says, because they have no root in themselves, in other words, they lack personal conviction on the matter. They are still at the level of, you know, I heard Billy Graham say it. Or I heard Reinhard Bonnke say this. Man, you need to upgrade from that to, this is what the Lord said to me. And if it's the Lord that said it to you, then you are now at the place of a personal conviction. But how do you get to a place of personal conviction? You get to a place of personal conviction when you meditate on God's word and allow it to develop a root system in your heart. So that you can have an unshakable truth. Can I get an amen? And the, the third one, the, the third uh, ground is the thorny ground. Man, you want to live a stable life? Start meditating on God's word. When you, when, you, when you have a root system in the word of God, it produces a stable life, stability in your life, so that you are no longer tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Man, you have a root system, you have personal conviction, and you have a clear compass of what the Word of God says and where God wants you to go. Can I get an amen? And so the third one in verse 18, he says this. These are they which are sown amongst thorns, such as hear the Word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the Word, and it becomes unfruitful. What is he talking about? He's talking about a lack of focus. You know, when there's a lack of focus, the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches. You don't know the, what the main thing. The main thing is not the main thing. And because of that lack of focus, he says this. He says those things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Now, we live in a busy world and busy times and meditation is the cure for busyness. When you start to meditate on God's word, it gives you a laser focus on what you should be focusing on so that you can get the full benefit out of it. Amen? Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Let's go to Psalm uh, 46. Psalm 46. Thank you, Jesus. But before we do that, let's actually wrap it up, right? In Mark chapter number 4. Mark chapter number 4, verse 20 then says, These are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, 
and bring forth fruit to some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. And I say this in my notes, a heavily meditated heart is cultivated ground and it brings forth fruit. Anybody want to be fruitful this morning? How you do that is you do that through meditation. It reminds me of Joshua 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate in it, how long? Day and night. Sikuneskat. And you observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shall thou make thy way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. How do we get to a place of good success? We do it through meditation. In fact, you follow that word meditation all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Everywhere you see it, it's connected to uh, prosperity, uh, to doing well, to good success. You read it in uh, 1 Timothy 4.15. He says if you meditate on this word, you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way fruitful, your life profitable. If you go to Psalm 1, he's talking about a man who's uh, a med- heavily meditated man. He says Everything he does prospers. Amen? Because of this uh, powerful principle of meditation. Now, the question you may be asking is, you know, Pastor T, I hear you and I totally agree with you, but how do I do this practically? How do I get to meditate on God's word practically? And that's what we're going to land at uh, this morning. I want to show you through practical means how you can begin to meditate on God's word. Anybody thinks meditation is a good idea? Now, we're going to show you how you can do it practically. By the way, when we're talking about meditation, we're not talking about the Eastern transcendental meditation, you know, uh, yoga and stuff. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Bible Christian meditation, and there's a difference. You know, with yoga and stuff, they're trying to empty your mind, and they promise you to reach a place of euphoria uh, through emptying your mind, and, you know, (laughs) I won't say anything about that. But Christian Bible meditation is filling up your mind with the good stuff so that you can produce it in your life. Amen? Amen? I said amen. And so that's what God wants us to do. And so practically, someone say practical. We always have to get it to to, to where you can function in it. How do you meditate? You know, this uh, uh, English word, meditation, right? It comes from the Latin word, meditatio. And here are some English uh, words that are connected to it that are going to help us learn how to meditate practically. You know, the first one is uh, to matter. You know, med- to meditate is to matter. This is why in meditation it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate. You meditate through what you matter. What does matter mean? It means to speak under your breath. What do you say to yourself under your breath? What do you say to yourself in private? You know, I'm preaching right now, and I'm trying hard to preach a sermon, but let me tell you, the sermon that you really believe is the one that you preach to yourself. Amen? Amen. Amen. The one that you preach to yourself, because you are the apostle of your life. What do you speak under your breath when you are all by yourself? When you look yourself in the mirror, what do you say? Do you rehearse the glad tidings of who God says you are or you speak something else? That's meditation. You know, you didn't think it was prayer, but it was all a part of prayer. This is why David in praying says, Lord, I I pray that you may consider my meditation. When you look yourself in the mirror, what do you say? As you are running the race of life, what are you saying to yourself? 
because it's really impacting how you run. You know, we have a few people that have run the marathon, the, the comrades in here, you know, Pumlan, one of them, uh, Sabelo, I think they are the only two, unless I know, so, uh, you know, I don't know somebody else, but they are the only two. And, uh, you know, I talk to them and I, you know, distance? the distance is about what, 90, 92? Ninety is far. That's what it is. The distance, ninety-two kilometers. You you go buy running shoes. You finish that race. You throw them away. You need new running shoes. That's that's how far it is. And uh, uh, Pumblan has run it. The last one he ran. He said this. He said, Pastor T, when I got to the thirty-seven kilometers, I I got emotional. I said, What are you talking? He said, Man, I just got emotional. It was rough. And so this race is 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 like the race of life. And we can learn something from those marathon runners. You know, I'm going to ask, I'm going to put Pumlani on the spot. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you ever talk to yourself while you're running the, that race? You see, you see, did you hear what he's saying? Uh, we didn't rehearse this, by the way. We didn't. <laughs> I asked him, I said, do you talk? And, and what kind of things do you say to yourself while you're running the race? I can do this. One, two, one, two. <laughs> Pace yourself. Right? Now, let's flip that. Let's flip that. Let's say he starts talking to himself like some of you talk to yourself every day. Let's see how that, that will pan out. Let's say you start saying, I'm a good-for-nothing runner. This, this, thing, this thing called running, this thing called life is hard. Let's see how that will pan out. And so God does not want you to just meditate on any kind of stuff. He wants you to meditate, mutter, speak under your breath the glad tidings of who he says you are in his word. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's what you should be saying to yourself. Amen? amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Any single ladies in the house? Oh, my single ladies. Oh, my single ladies. What do you say to yourself when, when a guy dumps you? These days they say ghost you. When he ghosts you, what do you... That's what they say. Is that, it means dumping, right? It means when they dump. Is that what it means? When they ghost you. Oh, just disappear? Oh. Oh, I thought it was dumping. That's ghost. Ah. Oh. Oh, man. They say, what do you say to yourself? Do you say, oh, you see, I, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not uh, uh, thin enough. I'm not thick enough. I'm not. Hey, you can always find something. In fact, some of those magazines, you should be getting your identity from God's word and not from the cosmopolitan. I don't have a problem with the people, who, but I'm just saying your identity is based on who he says you are and not what the magazine says you are. The magazines are designed for you to buy product. Yeah. As you flip over the pages, you, you, you're finding out one extra thing you need to buy. Yeah. That's all the magazine. It's not designed to help you. You want some real help? Go into God's Word. Yes. You go in that, into that magazine, if you are uh, of the fairer skin like Linda, they're going to tell you you need to tan. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll be over there in the sun. Just lying down trying to get a darker shade. And then if you're like me, they're going to tell you you need to bleach. 
And then if you go on a bleaching course, as you get to the end of that bleaching course, they're going to say, oh, black is back. Because they're not consistent. But guess what? God's word is still saying you're beautifully and wonderfully made. Whether it's on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, God's word is still saying the same thing about you as he said 2,000 years ago. God hasn't changed his mind about you because you slipped on the previous diet and ate a donut. That was, that was, I was preaching to me. God still loves me. Man, you, you, I'm telling you, nothing can separate me from the love of, that's a scripture right there. And you know what else to meditate means? It means to churn, right? It means you get God's word and you, you put it on replay. You play it over and over and over again. How, this is how they get uh, butter from milk. They churn the butter, you know, and what it is is to ponder. God's word, it is to contemplate. It is to regurgitate uh, that same word over and over again. Amen? I said amen. You, you don't need a quantity of God's word. You just need a quality of God's word. And how does it move from quantity to quality? It moves through the, the, the practice of meditation. You get the good stuff out of God's word when you, when you start to meditate on it. Man, I remember for years upon years, I was standing on Romans 12 verse 2, and that's, all, that's the scripture that I, I believed, man, if my mind is renewed, I'm going to experience the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And I did everything I could, everything in my power, to make sure that I exposed my mind to God's word, watch this now, all the time. Amen. And the possibilities of God's word, all the time. Amen. I said, amen. amen. Let me show you an example of what I'm talking about. Let's go to Psalm uh, 46. Psalm 46. I'm reading in the King James Bible. Psalm 46 from verse 1 to 6, right? Psalm 46. The psalmist says this. He says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, and the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Something wrong with the way I just read that portion of scripture. Did you see that? There's something wrong with the way I just read that portion of scripture. I'm going to read it again and I'll point it out to you. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. You know what that means? Stop. And ponder. This is a stop sign in God's word. And you don't drive through it like you drive the stop sign outside. Some of you, the way you, the way you drive the stop sign outside. 
You don't just ride through it. Because after all, you have a Bible reading program to keep up with. Pastor T, you don't understand. I have to get to verse 40, to chapter 49, if I'm going to keep up with a Bible reading plan, go through the entire Bible in one year. No, the man just told you, Sila. In other words, stop what you're doing and ponder that for at least 24 hours. For some of us who are slow, at least a month. I need to be on those three verses at least a month. The word of God is like a, you know, onion, you know, an onion, depending on where you're from. You know, and, and in Britain, onion, right? In America, onion. I don't know where they get. <laughs> and so, as you peel the word of God, right? Just like an onion, onion, where you're from, you realize, oh, there's a new layer. You peel it, you realize, oh, there's a new layer. And that's what I, the word of God is pregnant with good stuff, with revelation. And as you think, oh, man, I think I know what this scripture means, oh, God surprises you. And so this is why he, when he says, Sila, he, he, stop, stop what you're doing and ponder. All you need is one verse to radically change your life. You take the, the good stuff out of that verse, you allow that verse to de develop a root system in your life. Man, I'm telling you, one word from God can radically change your life. Amen. But it has to develop a root system. Amen? The reading the Bible and meditation uh, in God's word is not something that we do part-time. It is something that we do, watch this now, all the time. We are meditating on God's word, rehearsing the glad tidings. And this is just one example of God saying to us, stop and ponder and think through this. That I am your refuge and your strength in times of trouble. A present, a very present help in times of... Man, you start meditating on that, it will drive away all fear. Amen? Amen. And the second thing that it means, you know, to uh, contemplate, to regurgitate, is uh, to replay it in your mind. Psalm 62, verse 11, he says, once you spoke and twice I heard it. Man, I thought about it. I said, the psalmist said, once God spoke and twice I, how did he hear it twice, twice if God spoke it once? He heard it twice because the other times he was playing it back to himself. Amen. I said, amen. And that's what meditation is. We have to uh, play these things uh, uh, back to ourselves. The last and the final thing, I only have one minute. The last and the final thing that meditation uh, means and that we can do uh, practically. So we say the first one it is to speak glorious things under your breath. Where do you find them? Uh, from Romans to Jude, the Bible tells us who we are, what we have, and what we can do. Man, you spend most of your time there. It's going to tell you exactly what to speak uh, under your breath. And the second thing is to, is to play it over and over in your minds. What do you play over and over in your minds? What do you rehearse? When people try to offend you, you have a choice in the matter. You can rehearse uh, the conversation of offense or you can rehearse God's word. And whatever you rehearse begins to fuel your emotions. If you rehearse God's word and you start to enjoy God's word, it starts fueling your emotions of peace, you start to have a good time. If you start rehearsing it, I can't believe they say that. You, may, you can look at it from all the different places. I can't, you're meditating. You don't think you're meditating. You were actually praying. I can't believe they say, who do they think I am? They actually said, you are, you say the whole thing. I can't believe. Hey, I think I'm going to punch them. 
How did it move from that to, hey, I'm going to get physical with him. It moved from, because you were rehearsing the wrong thing. God doesn't call you to use your mental space to rehearse hurts. God has called you to use your mental space to rehearse his glad tidings. Can I get an amen? And so let's go here. Uh, the last and final thing we say to matter, which is to speak gloriously, to uh, uh, replay it in your mind, God's word. The last and final thing. Now, this one is a big one, but some of you may think it's childish, but I'm telling you, this is going to change your life. To imagine, to, to meditate also means to imagine. It also means to engage your imagination in not just speaking these glorious things under your breath, but also seeing them. Amen? Imaginations is two words, right? You have to start functioning by receiving images from another nation. That's what imagination is. It is Im images from a heavenly nation. That's what you are receiving and that's what you go with. Scripture tells us that we do not look at the things that we see with these physical eyes because the things that we see with these physical eyes are temporary. We look at the things that we can only see with our spiritual eyes, things that cannot be seen in the natural. Those are the things that we look at. Those are the things that we allow to uh, form mental pictures in our heart. And he tells us when we do that, we tap into a realm that gives us things that are eternal. Amen? Man, we have to start engaging our, our imaginations uh, in, a, in a way that, that glorifies God in a way that, that goes in line with what the word of God says about you. How do you see yourself? Do you know, remember in Numbers chapter number 13, uh, uh, Moses sent the spies, uh, 12 of them, to go and spy the land that the Lord had given them, right? He just told them, go and get some fruit just so we can start enjoying this land, have a sample of what's coming. That's, that was instruction. They were not told to go and observe anything else. So they went into the land, and uh, when they came back, Moses said to the ten spies, you go up first. They went up first. He says, tell the people what you saw, and, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, let the people know. Uh, in fact, let's go read it. Numbers chapter number 13, uh, verse uh, 33. Some of you think it's not in the Bible, so let me just read it. Looking at me like, Pastor, is that really in the Bible? Yeah, they came back. And he said to them, this is what uh, Moses said to them. I didn't have it in my, in my notes, but 32, let's go to, uh, in fact, yeah, yeah. he said to the 10 spies, you go up first. Tell the people what you saw. They went up first, did their PowerPoint presentation, and this is what they said. They brought up an evil report. A what? An evil report. Some of you may be thinking, man, what's an evil report? An evil report is anything that contradicts who God says you are. If your mental pictures don't line up with who God says you are, it's evil. So they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up its inhabitants. And so these words were meant to paint pictures on the canvas of the children of Israel's imagination. They started seeing something with these words. Uh, this land, hey, God is saying the land uh, flows with what? Milk and honey. What are they saying? The land eats up its inhabitants. It's an evil report. Amen? Telling the people, it's up in its inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. This is an exaggeration. Go back there. Go back there. I just want to show the people. Isn't it, when you read, man, you can tell. Sometimes you can tell that these words are just meant to uh, drive me into fear. This is a, an exaggeration. 
all the men. Did you see that? All the people that we saw in it are men of God. In other words, everybody in that land had a six-pack. <laughs> what country do you know? <laughs> Did you see that? It's just an exaggeration. But they, that's what they're going with. And watch what else they said. Next verse. And they we saw the giants and the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in, in, in whose sight? In whose sight? Come on, preach with me. In whose sight? He said we were in our own sight. In other words, in our own imagination, in our own sight. This is how we saw ourselves inwardly. We saw ourselves, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in the... <laughs> oh, this is good. The net effect of seeing yourself as a grasshopper is that everybody else just show, Oh, we grasshopper. <laughs> and you're wondering, where did they get that from? Yeah. You started it. Yeah. We were in our own... Hunch your neighbor and say, how do you see yourself? Yeah. Oh, man. That song we sang last week, that's what it's meant to do, right? They put, they're putting it on the album. That's what the, I am stronger, I am wiser. What else? I know who I am, something like that. It's meant to change the way you see yourself. Amen? He said we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And so were we, and the two boys decided, you know what, we're not going to go with this report. We're not going to allow these words to form uh, uh, images in our minds. And what did they say? Verse 30. Watch what happens. Verse 30, uh, Joshua and Caleb, right? Let's go to verse 30, Numbers 13, 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. And because these two, uh, Joshua and Caleb, thought they were able, guess what? They actually possessed the land. And because the ten spies and the rest of the children thought that they were grasshoppers, guess what? That reality also manifested. And what am I saying to you? What I'm trying to say to you is the words you receive are painting pictures on the canvas of your imagination. Do not allow random people with random words of limitation paint all kinds of things on your heart. If you're going to bring a prophetic word to me, it better be a prophetic word. Not just something you, you know, cooked up to try and paint something on the canvas of, hey, I'm working on an uh, 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 a picture, what do you call that? A, a, a work of art, right? I'm working on a, on a, on a beautiful picture. Yeah. Because God is working on a beautiful picture. That's Ephesians 2, uh, verse 10. It says we are God's workmanship, God's work of art. God is working on a beautiful picture with my life, and I won't allow anybody. See, if someone comes to you and they say apple, just close your eyes. If someone says apple, what do you see? You don't see the words apple. You see an apple. But they could manipulate your, your imagination and say uh, uh, red apple. What do you see? You see a red apple. And so all God is saying is allow your imagination to be manipulatable. Ooh, that's a good word. <laughs> allow your 
allow your imagination to be manipulated by God's word. When he says, hey, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What do you see? When he says, I will meet all your needs according to my riches and glory. What do you see? When he says, the same one who is uh, 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 on the inside of you is greater than he who is in the world. What do you see? When he says uh, Jesus is the same one who lives on the inside of you, it's the same one who, just as Jesus is, so are we in this world. What do you see? When he says, uh, uh, when Jesus died, you died with him, and when he rose up, what do you see? When he says you are a new creation, what do you see? Everything has passed away and everything has become brand new. What do you see? Do you see yourself uh, uh, waking up to a new day or do you see yourself running back to your past? Because your imagination can either propel you forward or it can drag you to your past. Can I get an amen? That's what it calls uh, a deep call it unto deep. It is when, when, you, when you don't have a controlled imagination. Anybody ever heard that phrase, deep call it unto deep? It wasn't used to mean, you know, what they usually use it when they preach. You know, deep, call it unto deep, deep things. We'll call for deep people. No, that's not what he's talking about. <laughs> Let's go and read it. He's just saying, you know, sometimes you can go, get lost in your imagination that your troubles, like waves of water, just begin to cover you. And the deeper you, you, you think you are, there's another new depth of problems. That's all he's saying. Deep call it unto deep. Let's go to Psalm uh, 42 and watch what he says. If, uh, verse 5. Verse 5 and 6 in the New Living Translation. Let's go back to verse 5, please. Thank you, Jesus. Let's read it in the NLT, you know. He says, why am I so discouraged? Anybody ever been discouraged? He says, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? And this is the antidote. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again and my, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but... Someone say, but. but. You know, every time you see the word but, it means forget what I just said. Now pay attention to what I'm telling you. Amen. That's what it means in the English language. Every time you see the word but. It means forget what I just told you. Now pay attention to what I'm... If I went to uh, uh, a marshal after service, marshal, you know, can I have uh, uh, 200 rand? I want to get, you know, something. If he says to me, you know what? <laughs> I just had uh, a few money, a thousand bucks deposited in my account. But the minute he says that word, but how many of you know that I'm not getting that money? <laughs> Doesn't matter what's coming. The word but means forget what I just said to you. Is, I'm, now I'm telling you the real deal. And so he's saying, yeah, I am discouraged, right? I'm deeply discouraged. But, now pay attention to this. I will remember you, even from distant. How can you go to distant places without going to distant places? Now, this dude went to three different distant places of victory. At the same time. That's what's cool about your imagination. You can begin to go back and rehearse victories from your past. And say, if God did it then, he will do it again. Yes. He says, I will remember you. Even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of, of the Jordan, and from the land of Mount Misa. I'll begin to go into those places and see what the Lord did for me. I'll remember. Do you all see that? 
And so this is what our imagination is for. It is to help us remember. And when we do that, let's go back to the King James Bible. It goes now to uh, uh, the, you know, verse 7, which, you know, deep calleth unto deep, right? He says, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts, and all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. In other words, I mean, it seems like, you know, <laughs> there's more problems coming my way, just like the waves of the sea. When I think I'm done with one thing, there's another thing coming. But what do I do? Verse 8. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. That's, this is what we meditate on. While deep is calling unto deep, we meditate on the Lord commanding his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. And so what he's saying to us this morning is, man, when you feel discouraged, begin to engage your imagination. And one of the ways you get to do that is to, you know, listen to some of the songs that they're writing. They're going to they're gonna put a spring in your step. They talk about who you are in Christ. They're going to get you happy. They're going to get you excited again. And, and, and this is the doing of the Lord. So, you know, to some of you, this may feel like, oh, well, it's just childish to engage my imagination. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you now that the pictures that you allow to be developed on the inside of you are the pictures that are going to be made a reality on the outside of you. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself in light of God's word or do you see yourself in light of people's opinions? Because people have called you names, but God has also called you names. And so which names are you going to go with? Amen? I said amen. And so every night, you know, practically every night before I go to sleep, I just sit for at least 10 minutes on my bed and begin to take myself to places that I want to go, places that I want to go with what God has called me to do, places that I want to go to as a family. You know, we have our goals, and, and I sit there and allow my mind to go into those places. Now, let me tell you, this is going to be one of the hardest things you'll ever get to do in the beginning because some of you are not used to images of victory. If I say, imagine someone beating you up, just like this, you can see it there. <laughs> but if I say, imagine yourself as the CEO of your company, tilt. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's going to take, in the beginning, it's going to, ooh, you're going to have to find it, ooh. And this is why God gives prophetic words. Amen. When God gives prophetic words, he gives you pictures. Amen. Think about it. When he went to Abraham, he didn't just join Abraham in the, in the tent and say to Abraham, hey, listen, dude, I, I want to give you many children. He said, Abraham, come out of the tent. Abraham came out. Look to the sky. What do you see? Lots of stars. Can you count them? No, I can't. As numerous as they are, so shall your seed be. And Abraham had a picture to work with. Amen. And so when people come and give you prophetic words, I mean, people have given me prophetic words before. I was saying in the first service, you know, my criteria for receiving prophetic words has changed. It's my personal thing. It's not in the Bible. You're not going to find it. It's just my personal thing. My criteria for receiving prophetic words is simple. You just have to be above 50 years old. Because I discovered that old people... 
Old people don't lie. They say when you turn 50, you receive a supernatural gift of, you know, I don't really care. <laughs> it's awesome. I can't wait to be 50. You, they're not trying to manipulate you. They just tell, old people keep it real. And so I like to receive prophetic words from old people. They just keep it real. They, they don't want to impress you. They're not trying to, they just keep it real. And the second one, you know, I was saying, you know, I've received prophetic words from uh, uh, Greg Moore. He's old, so he made the cut. This is a personal standard. I've received from uh, Billy F. I had prophetic words. And the second one, standard is they have to be old and rich. Because <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure the motives are clean. <laughs> so when they're old and they're rich, they, don't, they won't lie to you. <laughs> I took it from Andrew, actually. I took it from Andrew Womack. He said, down Paul and, and Billy Eppard, Paul Milligan and Billy Eppard. He said, I like you guys. They said, why? He said, because you're old and you're rich. Yeah. <laughs> they said, why? He said, because old people don't lie. Yeah. And you guys are rich. You're not going to make a decision to try and mess me up. And so, you know, I'm saying this to say when prophetic words are given, they're going to come with, with words that are attempting to put pictures in your heart. Receive those pictures. Even when you don't fully understand it, receive those pictures. And those pictures are going to help you go where God is taking you. Just this week, I was talking to uh, one of the brothers from church, Musa. He was on vacation in Singapore. And we were texting on, on WhatsApp. He was on vacation in Singapore. I've never been to Singapore, but one day I want to go to Singapore. And so I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live vicariously through, through you. So I said to Musa, man, send me some pictures. Sending me pictures. I said, send me the malls. Send me the malls. I said, send me the hotels. He sent me the hotels. And now I had two things to work with. Number one, I knew somebody in living color <laughs> from our community who also breathes the same air as I do and drink the same water as I do who went on vacation to Singapore. So all of a sudden, it stopped being an impossible dream. Because I can actually touch Musa, praise the Lord. So instead of player hating, I said, I'm going to learn from Musa. So some of you, the problem is, when someone, somebody like that goes on vacation to a place you've never gone, instead of learning from them, who do they think they are? You see, now they're showing up. They ain't going to post all of that on the internet. I mean, some things don't need to be posted. They're posting it so they can bless you. So you can also go to Singapore while you're here in Joburg. Amen? So I'm going through the pictures, man. I'm like, Lord, I know. I'm, now I have something to work with. And so when I go to sleep, I'm going to close my eyes and get on the plane and go to Singapore. And then two years later, when it manifests, some of you are going to be saying, Pastor went to Singapore last week. Oh, no. I've been going for two years. Amen? Amen? Have you ever heard of that thing called instant success? No, it's been happening for 10 years. But it's been happening in a realm that you can't see with these physical eyes, and I have to quit because I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Someone shout, my mind is alert. Someone shout, my mind is open. 
to your word. Someone shout, my mind is submissive to the identity that comes from above and above only. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you cannot be defined by your past. Even if you tried, it's not a true definition. Amen. The only one who can define you is the one who created you. And the one who made you says you are more than a conqueror. He says you are loved with a never-ending love. Amen. The one who created you says this. He says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what he says about you. He says you are a new creation. He says you are accepted in the beloved. Accepted by God Almighty. You're already accepted. Do not allow your mind to wander from that because of your past and your past mistakes. Yeah, it happened. But it was a mistake. And guess what? This is why he has given us angels to carry us lest we dash our feet against the stones. He knows we might make a mistake. This is why he has given us angels. This is why he has given us his grace. The only thing you should submit your mind to and your heart to is his word. Allow his word to paint pictures on the canvas of your heart. Only his word. Not what people say about you. Only his word. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for these your precious children Lord I thank you I uproot every negative thing everything that does not go in line with your word that has been planted in their hearts we take authority over it and we uproot it right now in the name of Jesus we say you are not welcome and this morning Father we just pray that you may begin to plant seeds of their new identity in Christ in the gardens of their heart. Lord, I thank you that as they meditate on your word, your word will begin to come alive. That the entrance of your word will bring light. It will bring illumination. It will bring revelation. A realization of who we are in you. Who you have called us to be and what you have called us to do. I remove all the hurts, all the offenses from their hearts in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that they are not defined by their past. But Father, you have a bright future for them, waiting ahead of them. Man, this is a word, uh, uh, you know, for someone. And, and I hear the Lord saying, don't run back to your past. You really are trying hard to keep your past alive. But God has a bright future waiting for you ahead of you this may have to do with a job that you lost or you know a relationship that you may have lost in the past i don't know exactly what this has to do with but i'm telling you god is saying it's time for you to look forward it's time for you to look ahead it's time for you to begin to run and walk in the direction of your destiny not going back to your past god has a bright future waiting ahead of you and all he requires for you to do is to walk in that direction let God and let God 
thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Some of you have made a, a mistake uh, that, that will, will, has caused a scar that will forever be present with you. And every time you look at it, you, you, it's reminding you of your mistake. Well, God is turning it around. He wants you to look at that scar and be reminded of his loving kindness. Be reminded of his grace. Be reminded that he is your ever-loving father. That he is there for you. And that he has a bright future for you. He wants to restore your life sevenfold. Thank you, Father. You'll bring new relationships. He'll give you a brand new job. He's bringing you into your destiny. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, you may be here and you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And you're saying, hey, Pastor T, uh, you know, I want to I be a part of a family. I want to receive Jesus. Uh, we want to give you this opportunity this morning. And if that's you with every uh, head bowed, we're going we're gonna to pray for you. And if that's you, we're going to ask you to uh, lift your hand wherever you are. And we're going to lead you in, in this prayer of salvation. Uh, so that you can receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you, brother. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. And so we're going to pray with you. And uh, all you have to do is to pray after me the words that I'm going to be praying. And church, you can join in and help uh, as we pray. And you're going to pray these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you in repentance I come before you in confession I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord that he died and on the third day he was raised from the dead and he is now seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come again to set up his kingdom I confess that with my mouth and therefore I receive your salvation I declare today that I am born again that Jesus the Christ is my Lord from today onwards devil you have no part in my life anymore I'm a child of God I belong to his family I'm a part of the family now. I've been given the privilege to call God Abba Father because I am His Son. In Jesus' name, I am saved. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.